0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog.
1: Okay. record. We got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. The Phoenix Suns have clinched the Pacific Division and the number two seed heading into the playoffs. And this week on the show, we'll break down what happened last week to get us here and then we'll start looking into what the playoffs will actually hold. Follow
1: us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. All right, big shout outs are in order. So our bet question from last week was, "What seed will the Suns end up?" Between the two of us, you won, Charlie, because you said two. I said one. I was trying to be more optimistic. Now, we have no stakes riding on the back question for the regular season, but we do for the postseason, and we will get into that a little bit later. So, shoutouts in the meantime, go to Omar, at at MidCardAtBest on Twitter, and at SundressDunks on Twitter, who has won quite a few of these uh, they both said that the Suns would be number two. So congrats to Omar and Sundra Dunks, And special shout-out to Sundra Stunks, because he he let us know that he predicted the Suns would get the two seed at the beginning of the season. So, wow. pretty massive shout-out there. Wow. Good job. Well done. Well done. I, I don't know anyone else who got that right. I definitely didn't.
0: So Should have put some money on that. Yeah, really. I've seen a bunch of guys who... Uh, picked the suns to win the pacific division and they cashed in pretty nice on those bets so
1: yeah. it's
0: kind of cool to see you know suns the fans are actually putting some stock in the team that's really cool to see right. and it pays off and sports betting is
1: legal in arizona now fan duel
0: and all that oh haven't We're really done i i, I had forgotten about that <laughs> yeah why did you bring that up uh, yeah I know. I know i'm gonna turn I... into a degen now Mitch. thing <laughs> away
1: I haven't dug in yet, but I kind of want to check it out.
0: All right, so let's start things off and talk about uh, a couple of last week's games in depth because these are going to be a preview of, of what happens to us once we actually get into the playoffs. So we matched up with both the Lakers and the Warriors last week. And sadly, I mean, this is kind of a tough time to lose these games. We lost both of them. So the Lakers game, lost by 13. And then against the Warriors, we lost by 6. So let's start off, talk about that Lakers game a little bit. And this was the Anthony Davis show. They were still without LeBron in this one. Anthony Davis plays almost 41 minutes, scores 42 points, uh, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks. He just did everything. He was making tough shots all night, and this this is what worries me when we get into the playoffs and potentially match up with these guys.
1: Yeah, the Lakers are not a good matchup for us. One interesting take I saw a lot of people saying uh, is that the Suns know they could potentially and maybe somewhat likely match up against the Lakers in the playoffs, so that they were holding back a lot on what they were going to run and all of that kind of thing. I don't know how much I buy into that. Maybe to a certain extent. I think we wanted to win this game, though. I mean, every game last week was very important uh, for seeding and, and uh, the playoffs moving forward. So I think we wanted to win. But I do I do see the potential for us to really not show our hand too much, even at the expense of a loss.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point. And we saw something a little interesting in this one with Tory Craig in the starting lineup and then only playing nine minutes in the game. Uh, while Crowder came off the bench and played 27, Saric only played 13 off the bench as well. So, you know, we, we'd normally write in Crowder or maybe Saric as the starter for this one, but we go with Tory Craig. Doesn't quite pan out, but I like the idea of Craig playing against a team like the Lakers because he's physical. He crashes the boards, and we're going to need some of that when we're matching up with these guys, with Drummond, Davis, and LeBron.
1: Yeah, plus with Anthony Davis coming back, it's the Anthony Davis show, basically. He wanted to kind of get back into his groove, and he did. Um, I I don't know if he's going to be scoring 40 every night if we're to play them in the playoffs. I mean, I know he's a tough matchup for us, but I think we can hold him to under 40.
0: Yeah, I hope so, I, and I I think that'll be DeAndre Ayton's job, and I, I think that he's the man to be able to do it. Yeah. And looking at the Lakers' scoreboard a little bit, they shot 41 free throws in this game, and I think that's something that we're going to have to look out for if we do yeah. match up with them. They, they did everything they could to get to the rim, knowing that we're a team that doesn't defend the rim all so well And this was a game where Aiton played 32 minutes and just didn't really get anything going on either side. So it was tough seeing him kind of get abused in this one. And we really got to hope we see a different Aiton if we match up with them again.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff here because we know that in the playoffs, the, the game is a little bit different. The refs let them play a bit more. It can be a bit more physical. We do also know that, There's a respect factor. Teams like the Lakers are going to get a lot more calls than teams like the Suns, who haven't been to the playoffs in a long time. We have to recognize that. And then the third element is we do foul a lot. Whether there's bias or not, we do tend to foul quite a bit. We have players like Frank Kaminsky, who just back into guys because that's all they can do. Uh, we we do kind of foul a little more than I would like. Not as much as in years past, but uh, we're not great about about fouling less sometimes.
0: Yep, that's the truth. So if we do match up with these guys again, we don't want to see them go to the line 41 times. I mean, Caruso gets to the line eight times just by putting yeah, his head right. down and trying to get into the lane. It's It's right. tough watching that, but we need to be able to flip that around too. And we, we do need to get into the lane and get some shots up in there and force the ref to blow a whistle once in a while. We, we can't just completely right. avoid that because yeah, they have some big boys on that team. One, we can't get deterred by them. And then if the refs aren't helping out, you, we can't go away from it unless we're shooting 50% from three.
1: Right. I right. mean,
0: I, I think in the first game of a series like this, you attack the rim as much as you can and say, this is the this is the tone we're putting out there. This is what we want to do. Um, either call fouls or make it even on the other end and let us play like this too. I, I think right. that's what we'll have to do being the, sadly, the number two seed underdog if we're going up against the Lakers.
1: Yes. Yep. No,
0: that's a good point. Okay. Let's move it on to the Warriors game here. And... This one looked like we had it pretty well in hand for a good chunk of it. We outscored him by nine in the first quarter. We we put up 38. But then the fourth quarter, late third, it becomes the Steph Curry show. Uh, He only scores 21 in this game on some pretty crummy shooting numbers. But, I mean, the guy just has that it factor and can take over a game like that. And we witnessed it firsthand.
1: Right. He made shots when it really mattered. And we had a lead for most of the game, and then we blew it. And yeah, that's that's what a team like the Warriors can do. And they are totally playoff tested. I guess not everyone, but Steph and Draymond, and those are two pretty good guys to have on your team when it comes to the playoffs. So, sure. Uh, yeah, this was it was a little bit disappointing because. You know we're watching the first half, and I know I had texted you and I said, "Yeah, I would much rather play the Warriors," and we yep, still yep. lose. And I still think I stand by that. I'm I'm not quite sure what I think entirely, but uh, yeah, the Warriors are a tough team.
0: And Andrew Wiggins was huge. He had 38 points, yes. 17 for 24 from the floor, only two three pointers there. He just he was getting what he wanted. And kind of taking advantage of Bridges, even when Bridges was on him. So yeah, that's a little yeah. concerning, but I don't think if we match up against the Warriors, I don't think that we have to worry about Wiggins dropping 30 a game. I, I mean, I don't right. think that's going to be the case, but something we have to be aware of for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit more confident that this loss to the Warriors is more the the outlier. It's not the the norm.
0: For sure, but we we do see Devin Booker get it going in this one with 34 points. Always nice to see him get going. Four for nine from downtown, eight for nine from the stripe. So he he gets it from from everywhere. And we we were talking before the show how excited we are to see him in a playoff series. That's that's going to be great. I mean, there's there's no yes. way around it. It's going to be it's going to be big time. So. Good to see him get going. Two other guys with 20-plus uh, in this one. Crowder with 20. Chris Paul with 24 and 10 assists. All right, so those are the games that obviously hold the most for us heading into these playoffs, but we'll quickly break down the, the three wins that we got to end the season. And the first one was against the Portland Trail Blazers. 118, 117, down to the wire in this one. We, we hold off the surging Blazers, and Devin Booker gets to the line two clutch free throws to seal up the game and win.
1: Yeah, it it didn't need to be this close, but it was. And I actually am really happy that this game turned out how it did, because it was a reality check for us. It's, you know, it's just going to show that when you're the two seed, you, you know, you're going to get everyone's best night in the NBA, but even more so, I mean, we've got a big target on our backs. And going into the playoffs, other teams look at us as very beatable and not very experienced in the playoffs, Uh, you know, outside of Chris Paul and Torrey Craig has a little bit, and Jay Crowder, obviously. But, yeah, we're looked at as very beatable, and we need to take that personally and just go off. And I'm glad that we got that reality check from the Blazers, where, you know, they come back and they feel confident that they can beat us. And then in the end, we were able to pull it out.
0: Right. Great tune-up game for the playoffs against, you know, we, we see Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum go off. Dame goes for 41, CJ with 27. And, I mean, this is a team that we might match up with if we make it out of the first round. And knowing that you got to contain both of those guys who can get so hot, I mean, that that was good for us to get get through. Before we get into the playoffs, and this was without Aiden, too. We get yes. some knee soreness from Aiden. So I, I don't know if that's anything to be concerned about. We'll be giving a bit of an injury update uh, as we move into the show a little bit more. But he was he was gone for this one. And nice to see Saric and um, Kaminsky hold it down against Nurkic. I mean, and Cantor. Yeah. Both big boys, solid rebounders. They can get they can get buckets too. So we, we did a solid job against both of those guys.
1: Yeah. And I think the Aiton, I don't even want to call it an injury. I mean, knee soreness, I'm sure he probably could have played, but they're just being conservative with it. But to get Kaminsky and Sarich kind of in a groove a little bit as we move into the playoffs, that's not because Sarich had been awful. I mean, we all know how terrible he had been. He had just been really cold. And now he's, He's not scoring 25 a night or anything, but he's putting up more reasonable numbers. Seems like he's gained a little bit of confidence over the last few games and is ready going into the playoffs. He had a couple threes in these games against the Spurs, which, oh, that was a nice
0: sight. Yep, definitely. And another guy who's starting to feel it at the right time, too Cameron Payne. 21 oh, yeah. points in this game, eight for 12 from the floor, six boards, five assists, one steal, one block. Really filling it up there, and it's it's so crazy how when we take Chris Paul off the floor, the world doesn't burn anymore. Right. Like, we didn't expect <laughs> that to be the case. We were so worried about who's going to be our backup point guard this year. And yes, it has been a little rocky at times throughout the year, but Cameron Payne peaking right now is great for this team. Javon
1: Carter also played pretty well. He's starting to be on a little bit of an upswing.
0: Yep, I love that. And Carter, what a great guy to have. I mean, he doesn't have any playoff experience either, but that's a guy I want on my bench sitting next to me, keeping everybody in check saying, hey, it's all about this. You got to play 110% like I do. And I... uh, what a, what a squad. What a squad. Yeah. This
1: is great. Oh, yeah. Javon Carter plays preseason
0: games like they're playoff games. So. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he's a good guy to have, for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, got to note, Mikael Bridges is getting into a little something here lately, too, playing some yeah. great ball. He played 41 yes. minutes in this game, goes six for nine from the floor, 21 points, and a big 11 rebounds out of Bridges. Beautiful. Career high.
1: There. Career high.
0: Great to see. Double-double. Yeah
1: bridges bridges has been nice
0: i know it, he's going to be a big part of these playoffs and you know it i mean you have to play defense he's our he's our man there and then even once we get into a half court set i like what he can do he's been he's been displaying that uh elbow game a little bit yes. in those those soft touch jumpers around that area and i i just like seeing everything that he can do and he's so great at finishing at the rim Yes. We brought up a few weeks ago that he was in the, what was it, number two in the league or top five in the league for finishing percentage under the rim, yeah. Yeah. which was just so shocking to see. But, I mean, look at him on a fast break. Kind of reminds me of TJ Warren from a year or two. Yeah,
1: yeah, a little just, bit. And
0: it Seems like everything just drops when he's going full speed on a fast break.
1: Yes, and his cuts to the basket. And, you know, when when we see these national TV broadcasts, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's a great 3 and D guy. And I'm like, he, he's really not. He's a two-way player. Yeah. And I actually heard, I forget who it was, but there was one national announcer who said that at one point. Mikael Bridges is a two-way kind of guy. And I'm like, yeah, he's more than a 3 and D player because he cuts to the rim so well. And he's got his elbow game developing. He's He's got that little step back that he's starting to really get a handle on, which is yep. great. So, yeah, I look at him a lot more as like a two-way player than a 3 and D in particular.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. 100%. Especially because,
1: I mean, we have the prototypical 3 and D player in Jay Crowder. I mean, it, watch Jay Crowder try to shoot anything inside the three-point line. It's awkward. He hates it, you know? <laughs> he he'll take five steps back to get a three if he has to sure he can you know finish at the rim on a fast break here and there but he is three and d and i see mikhail is just a lot different than that
0: totally all right and then we get to move into these two spurs games that ended the year both at 11 local time just really weird way to end the season but two wins uh in the first one, the Spurs sat a lot of their better players, while in the second one we were able to give our guys a rest, and they played their good players. But, I mean, both both wins. Obviously, the first matchup, a 37-point win. Nice little uh, momentum boost at that point, I'd say. And then coming into the last game of the year, I mean, that was just such a feel-good game, the way it ended. It yeah, just. Just the icing on the cake of the season for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, especially that second game starting Jalen Smith. Yeah. I mean, we had all of our best players just sitting and resting, except McHale played five minutes so that he can keep his games played streak alive. Um, the I mean, that was so satisfying, especially because, you know, Tim Duncan just gets – inaugurated into the Hall of Fame. Popovich misses the first game to be be there for his speech, and then the Spurs lose
0: two games to our
1: scrubs.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> it feels really good.
0: Yeah, as a Suns fan, you got to just appreciate this moment. You're, you're number two Suns handling the number 10 Spurs two games in a row to close the season. I mean, just beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: this game... This is just such a feel-good thing with Etuan Moore in this one. I just want to just zone in on that real quick. I mean, this is a guy who he's been around the league, a veteran on our team, gets minutes at the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden it's, it's Javon in campaign time. Uh, him and Langston move to the bench. They sit for how many straight games? Their minutes are gone, but you know they're at practice every day busting it, working with our guys. And then we get to this last game of the season, which really ended up having no meaning, but he gets in there and he's ready to go. Etwan Moore's ready to play basketball today. He plays 21 minutes. He scores 22 points. Misses only one shot on the entire game. And then the three-pointer to win it. it I mean, you, you just kind of, it's, as a as a role player, you know, a guy who's always on the move, well, what a what a cool story. I mean he'll he'll probably never forget that. and this is only the beginning right. of what's going on with this team. Right? we We still have a playoff run, but I mean, it's just so cool that we signed guys like this who he wasn't mad that he I mean he was probably upset that he wasn't getting time, but he didn't make a big deal out of it. He's not that kind of guy and seeing him get rewarded like this. And then reward the team as well. Just really cool.
1: Yeah. James Jones has done a heck of a job with this roster.
0: Yeah. I mean, James and Monty both. I mean, what a great pair. I hope those guys are boys. I hope they're, you know, I hope that they... They've got to be. Yeah. I mean, they have to be enjoying themselves right now. This is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. There's there's so much more. There's so much more to come, too. And it's so exciting. I mean,
1: and we we may look back on this as one of the best things to happen to the Suns franchise.
0: For sure. Yeah. Man. I don't know. That, it's, it's a little emotional. I don't know. That it, that each oh, one totally. thing hit me today, and I was like, oh, we're doing, we're doing things right now. Yeah. We're doing things right. And then, yeah. I mean, Langston, too. He, he's been getting minutes these last two games. Mm-hmm. He, he's ready to play. I I just love having that. And Eddie Johnson on the, on the, uh, the game, the second one against the Spurs said he he was recalling from earlier in the year. He said that Etuan Moore or Langston Galloway are going to make a difference in a playoff game this year. He said that at like the beginning of the season. And then he, he recalled that again today. I still, I, I'm in it. I, I think if, you know, someone gets in foul trouble and we need a few minutes off the bench I see Langston Galloway going in and hitting three three pointers in a row to seal a game or something crazy like that. That's not yeah. that's not wild.
1: No, I could see it. And I mean, it's it's cathartic to see this. To see us do stuff the right way, to build a team around Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Mikhail Bridges and you know, to go from what we've been through. I mean, Suns fans deserve this. Like, we deserve this. We've been through so much garbage. And to see the team play how we're playing right now, I mean, it's... The best word I have is cathartic. It really is. It feels so good.
0: And, I mean, just the the whole squad. Watch them all celebrate while Jalen Smith gets his first start, his first double-double. And, I mean, everybody was going nuts for Etuan and Langston, too. Like these guys, this is a this is a team. It's yeah. something special, and yeah. I'm not trying to get my hopes up too high before we even play our first playoff game. But
1: I mean, at this point, no matter what happens, this season is a win.
0: Oh, I mean,
1: yeah, this is huge. This is, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm nervous for the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but this is this has been an amazing season.
0: Yeah, and the rally, the valley motto that we're going it's it's just on point
1: it's real i mean it's rally real. the valley
0: the suns are back we're yeah. not kidding around anymore like it's actually happening this time rally the right valley.
1: i i went to take the trash out in my complex the other day and last few days of living in this place so kind of taking that in too normally i'll put my son's hat on or whatever and I'll be the only one I notice, but I take the trash out. I don't have to go very far, and I see two or three other people wearing Sun stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is everywhere. Everyone is all
0: in. I saw a dude rocking a D-Book jersey, filling up his car with gas today, and yeah. I mean, I, I'm i used to seeing Cardinals jerseys everywhere. That's yeah. that's pretty normal to see, but yeah. the Suns jerseys and uni- like the hats are definitely starting to creep back out, and it's cool to see.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: All right, so let's talk about the playoffs in in a whole. right now. Let's talk about the whole West, the matchups that are going to happen. And we're likely, well, we're definitely going to be playing either the Lakers or the Warriors. We just touched on that. We'll get into it a little bit more. But around the league, let's just take a little peek and see what's going to happen. So sadly, the Suns, we had it for a minute we had that number 1 seed but we weren't able to get it back utah is holding on to that and then they'll be facing the loser of the 7-8 game versus the winner of the 9-10 game the the winner of the or the loser yeah. the winner of that, the winner oh, of that game. It's
1: so confusing <laughs> yes, to explain. It is. but you got it that was it the
0: okay. winner
1: of the game versus the 9-10 winner and the 7-8 loser so, likely I'd say the Grizzlies versus the Warriors and probably the Warriors. Yeah,
0: so just to be clear, Lakers are 7, Warriors are 8. They play, whoever wins is the 7 seed. The loser of that game plays the winner of Grizzlies and Spurs. Was that a better way to explain it?
1: The 8 seed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I blew it.
1: <laughs> it's confusing. That's the point. That's the whole thing. With this play in tournament, like it's, it is a little bit confusing, but I I, I just have to say, I like it. I think the play in tournament is cool. I love it in baseball. I think it's cool in basketball too, because these teams get more of a chance. It's uh, a way to kind of deter tanking a little bit more. Um, And these games are so high stakes. I mean, we're going to see Grizzly Spurs single elimination one game, like college basketball style. Winner gone. Yeah, so meaningful. And in the East, we'll talk about this a little later. The East, it's even more wild because those games are, some of them are really up for grabs. Um, But I I think this is great. And I know that if the Suns were the seven seed this year, I would hate it and I'd be furious.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I feel that, but look at, I mean, let's go back to the bubble and because yeah. that's kind of the the thing that made this happen, maybe, I guess would be a good yeah. way to put it. So I know how invested I was in every single Suns bubble game when we had a potential to make the playoffs. And then even the games that the Suns weren't playing, like that the Nets-Blazers game, the last game of the bubble, if the Nets would have won, the Suns would have made it. I mean, I I don't know if I have rooted for another team that hard in years and years and years, like I was rooting for the Nets. So
1: yeah. Yeah. for the
0: league, you have to think that it's, it's such a good thing because, I mean, oh, yeah. imagine if teams were fighting for the 10 spot a little more um, tighter than it was this year. And, you know, teams that they're done tanking, they don't want to be doing that anymore. And then... You know, the whole week before the play-in means a lot. It, it makes yeah. more more basketball mean more. and Right. I'm all, I'm all about that. Yes.
1: I, I think it's amazing for the league. And, yeah, I think I love it as long as the Suns aren't the seventh seed. Because if you're 9-10, you love it. Because otherwise, you wouldn't even have a chance. Right. If you're the eighth seed, I could see it going either way. If you're the seventh seed, you would probably really hate it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, because today there were teams that were, you know, avoiding winning. Not not like tanking or anything, but to get matchups of who would be in the play in or not right. and stuff like that. So I I think it's just all around good. And if LeBron hadn't have said that crap because he was salty that he was gonna have to play in it, I don't think anyone would be complaining about it at right. all. Right. I don't think a single person would be complaining about it because all it is, is what three more days of basketball for us that we've yes. got.
1: Yes. It's a lot of money for the league too. And sure. it, I think what happened with the Mavericks really sums it up. Well, at the beginning of the season, the Mavericks and Mark Cuban and Luca and all of them were like, this is great. The play in tournaments. Awesome. And then As soon as they're slated to be in it, they're like, this is the stupidest idea. We hate this. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't say that. You thought it was awesome when you weren't affected by it. Right. Yeah.
0: Like LeBron. Right. Exactly.
1: Everyone thinks it's great until it directly affects you.
0: Yeah. That's fair enough to say. But
1: it is great.
0: And we can say
1: that because we're not in it.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, ask us next year if Chris Paul yeah. doesn't come back or whatever the case may be. We'll, well, we'll I, have to see what happens. But, I mean, as of now, I hope it's... Is it something that's set in stone for the future? Or is this kind of a test for the year?
1: I, yeah, I, I mean, it it's sounding like they're going to try to continue it. It sounds like that's the goal, but I don't think
0: anything's set in stone. as of And now. then there's always talks about a mid-season tournament, too. Yeah,
1: I think if anything... It puts us more in that direction of yeah. getting more of these tournament type things. Um, the WNBA they're doing this; um, they're doing kind of a early season tournament, and it's it reminds me a little bit of college basketball. Like um, college basketball, will do these mini tournaments for when they go, you know, around Thanksgiving. A lot of the right. college teams go and play these. The Maui Invitational, or the There's the Battle for Atlantis, or whatever, and the the tournament games count as regular season games and seeding games for the bracket in those in those mini tournaments. So uh-huh. it all counts as regular season games. But yeah, and I like that. I think that's fun to incorporate that kind of thing. I mean, European soccer they do this to the max, and it makes games more meaningful and it gives you more fun games and more opportunities to win things. So Yeah, I'm and I work.
0: mean, if you win it, what do you think you get at this point? Do you think it's like a, a bonus? Or do you think it would have some sort of... I, I don't think you could let it help you in the actual playoffs. Yeah, I don't know about the playoffs. Like, I mean, like I, home court or something. I don't, I don't like yeah, that idea, but... Yeah. Like a cash I, bonus for those guys? I'm sure they'd be like, okay, yeah, let's do a little yeah, tournament.
1: Yeah, and just... You know, you get a trophy for it, and you can make merchandise from that. You know, whatever we end up calling a Champions League, to borrow from the the European soccer, Champions League champions. You know, you get you get shirts made of that. I'd probably say something different, but you know what I mean.
0: There's money to be made. Yeah. In that, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm all for it because as as much as I love basketball, there's always a point throughout the season where there's a bit of a little lull or you're getting a little burned out. Yeah. I mean it happens. It happens. But if you throw one of those in the middle of the year, that that'll definitely get get people uh, back pumped up and it'd probably even bring in more people. Knowing that, I think oh so. hey, this is a big tournament. I better be checking this out. I mean Yeah. I don't yeah. see how it could be bad. Yeah, I don't either. All right, so other matchups in the West. Let's get back to that. So we have the number three Nuggets versus the number six Blazers. And if we win our first round, we'll be playing the winner of this series right here.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a good series, especially because these teams just played each other. And the Blazers won easily, but I'm sure the Nuggets were not showing anything, knowing that, They could play the Blazers. Right. Um, Yeah, it's... I look at that almost more like a preseason game. They're not going to be showing their hands very much. But I think this will be a fun series. I like the way these two teams match up against each other. I think it's going to be a a fun series here. And uh, I do think the Nuggets are going to take it. I think the Nuggets are are better. I mean, Jokic is really, really hard to stop. That team has been firing on all cylinders, even without Jamal Murray. Uh, But I think it'll be good. I think the Blazers will take a couple games. I can see the Nuggets winning in six, maybe.
0: Yeah, I I can get with that, too. And I kind of like the clash and styles of these two, because you got the Nuggets, it's going to be a lot of Jokic, obviously, some Michael Porter Jr., and then obviously the the guard duo duo in Portland that we talked about earlier in the show. But yeah, playoff playoff time and Damian Lillard, that's, that's going to be a good watch. It's always fun to watch uh, Blazers basketball in the playoffs.
1: Yes, but yeah, give me the nuggets on that one.
0: I'm with you there. And then the other series that's locked in for sure is the Clippers and Mavericks. This should be a, a pretty fun one. I, I'm interested to see the Clippers, uh, what they're going to be doing, firing on all cylinders, playing both both their guys every every game here
1: yeah and this is a rematch from the series last
0: year right so
1: that's a fun
0: storyline yeah Yeah. a a bit different you know i i think the the main culprit from the smack talk that happened in that one is now um you know same arena but different team yeah so yeah that that one should be a good series too and again like dame watching luca playoff time it's obviously going to be fun basketball so
1: yeah and uh, you know the Clippers have had their struggles in the playoffs Paul George for whatever reason just can't get it going lately in the playoffs and uh, I do think I'm going to take the Clippers in this series though Uh, I just don't think the Mavericks have quite the firepower to deal with the Clippers and I mean Kawhi is just very very good and has won a championship, has won multiple championships. uh, I I think it's going to be very difficult to stop him. I'm sure Luca will have some pretty wild games, but I I'd say if I had to predict, I'd say Clippers and seven in this one.
0: Yeah. I could see this series going a ways here and it'll be interesting to see what poor Zingas can do here. I mean, he's, he missed quite a, quite a few games this season. And it's just, he's so much of a wild card, it seems like. It's like he's either having a, a great stretch or he's doing diddly. Is yeah. More or less what I've kind of been following with him. But mm-hmm. we'll we'll see in this playoff series. That'll be a good one to watch, too. I mean, the West. It's the West. It's They're all going to be good games. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, now we'll look at the play-in situation a little bit. And the first one that we'll see, or that we're going to talk about is the Number nine, Grizzlies versus the number 10, Spurs. So this one is win or go home. Grizzlies or Spurs, who do you think takes this one game?
1: Give me the Grizzlies. I don't think the Spurs are, I don't think this is their year. And the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies have been playing pretty well. And Killian Tilly, go Zags, has been playing well. Been happy about that. Brandon Clark also goes Zags. Playing oh. well, yeah. <laughs> I got to do these shout-outs. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to win more than just the one, but I think they can beat the Spurs.
0: Yeah, and I might go the other way on this one because this is pop. This game is going to matter. And, I, I mean, you got to assume DeRozan is, is going to go big here. I, I kind of expect him to have a big night. This one seems like more of a toss-up to me than, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah,
1: it is a toss-up. You're right.
0: I don't know. I'm going to put my faith in Pop for that one and just kind of pull pull it off. And then the sad thing is, though, when you, you win this 9-10 game, you're going to have to face the loser of Lakers-Warriors. And I don't see either the Grizzlies or Spurs making it past the loser of that 7-8 no, uh, no. game.
1: Right. That's why. Sure, this game matters, but neither of these teams will beat the Lakers or Warriors. So, but yeah. yeah, then I mean, between the Lakers and Warriors, though, in that game, this is actually gonna be a good game. I mean, I, I might, I might try to watch this, but I might also be too nervous. It might make me sick to my
0: stomach to watch this game. <laughs> yeah this is a must watch. i I mean, this is gonna yeah tell us what's gonna happen. and oh, i I mean, I've been so nervous about this. This is how it's been looking for a week now, and yeah. it's it's kind of in the the forefront of my mind a lot of the time. who's gonna get out of this one and what's gonna happen? But I don't know, who are you putting your money on? It, it's one game. It's I think that- I think the Lakers are going to win, but
1: I really don't want them to. I still would rather play the Warriors. As good as Steph has been, we match up a lot better against the Warriors.
0: Right. Yeah. The The Lakers' size is going to give so many teams troubles throughout this playoffs. It's, it's a guarantee. Right. And, and the Warriors, like, they don't have anyone that can match up with that.
1: Right. And keep this in mind. If the Warriors win this game... And the Lakers make it all the way through, we would not see the Lakers until the finals. The the Western Conference finals. That'd be nice. Because they'd be on the exact opposite side of the bracket. That'd
0: be ideal. Yeah.
1: So you <laughs> really need the Warriors to win this game. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean that's that's obviously what I'm rooting for. I'm not ashamed to say it. I I don't want to see the Lakers in the first round. I I want the Warriors because I think if you can keep Steph Curry quiet for a few games... I think that's more likely than keeping LeBron and AD quiet for a few games.
1: And Drummond. And their Drummond. size... I mean, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's going to be so tough. But if we look then... So, you know, likely the Lakers are going to win this game. Warriors-Jazz is an interesting matchup. I mean... Those would probably be some high-scoring games, at the very least. Yeah. And I think the Warriors could give the Jazz a run for their money.
0: I think so, too. I, I mean, this is the worst time ever. I'm, this has been talked about a lot, but this is not the year to be the one or the two in the West. Right. I mean, it's it's unlucky. Maybe I could use some other words, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. It's it, it is what it is. And we've seen this team. It is what com- it is. That's right. We've seen this team compete with everybody this year, though. Is the good That's thing? Right. I think we've We play, finished play with- who
1: we're gonna play. That's right. Chris Paul said that we play who we play.
0: Right. And I, I'd like to see what our record is against playoff teams compared to non-playoff teams, because I'm, I'd wager that we have the best, if not, yeah, I think it's the best record against playoff teams this year, and. If it were on the opposite spectrum for uh, non-playoff teams, I absolutely wouldn't be shocked either. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, like we've been yeah. saying it, though, the, the Suns play to the, the quality of their matchup, and we're in the playoffs now. All these teams are good. So we just got to bank that We're bringing it every night.
1: Right. We're very good. You never know what's going to happen. And, yeah, I mean,
0: even if we play the Lakers, give me the Suns. And seven. Oh, a hundred percent a hundred percent it's just gonna be harder yes you know? it's yes. just gonna be a little tougher to get through all right i we can do it we can do it a hundred percent we got to be confident Let let's move it on though let's talk about the the bit of injuries that we've been dealing with you know we're going to be getting some guys back compared to these last few games before we match up with either the Lakers or the Warriors. So I think the the biggest concern, it's not Aiton. No. If it's knee soreness, that's nothing. I'm glad we're giving him some days off. But Cam Johnson, with the gigantic cast on his wrist, the first time I saw it, I was a little nervous about that. And I was thinking, is this guy even going to be ready for the playoffs? But then again look at it as being as cautious as possible, wrapping up that wrist so it doesn't get jammed again or turn in the wrong way up until, I don't know take it off a, a few days before the game I don't know what you do there but right. uh, I, I, I have yeah. a feeling that we're just being very very cautious with Cam and he's going to be ready to play game one
1: Right, and all of this makes sense with how terribly he was shooting I mean, right. we had that stretch of three or four games where he made he, like four threes and attempted 25 or whatever. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. I I really hope, you know, we're getting six or seven days off. I guess we don't quite know yet, but six or seven or so days off before we play our first playoff game. And hopefully that's enough time for Cam Johnson's wrist to heal up and get some shots in to get back in the groove.
0: Totally, and we'll stick at that position. Uh, Jay Crowder, we did see him come back into action this week, but then he got the last game of the season against the Spurs off. So I'd venture to say that he's darn near 100%. I don't think we're worried about him at all moving forward, but um, this was a game where we were able to give Crowder the night off, Aiton the night off, CP3 the night off, and Booker the night off. Yes, Rest, being able to rest these guys and still put the pressure on the Jazz for that one seed, what what a win-win situation. Bro. Oh yeah, getting all and, those guys rest, getting our bench guys a little run just in case, you know, get them a little tuned up too. I'm pretty much a solid situation injury wise for the Suns right now.
1: Yes, and Crowder is amazing. I mean, Crowder has had six weeks off pretty much in a calendar year so that's pretty amazing
0: Yeah, I mean this time a year ago
1: he was getting going in the I guess the bubble was starting around this time
0: like right now
1: yeah a year ago Yeah. so yeah in a calendar year he's had six weeks off that's unreal that's amazing
0: getting one of our more veteran players that is obviously great Uh, Chris Paul might be getting benefited the most out of this time off so that's great to see too yeah, definitely. And then still nothing new about um, Abdu- Abdul Nader. I don't think we've heard anything new. We see him on the sideline. Uh, I don't know. He He's not a necessity for us, but again, he's a nice guy to have around. Uh, he can do it all, throw him in, and he can guard a few positions. I, I just really like Nader, but not the end of the world if he's not back in time to play because – who knows where he'd even really fall into the lineup at this point. It's been quite right. a while.
1: Right. I'd love to have our full roster available, but that's hard to do.
0: Until then, Tyshawn Alexander, you're <laughs> suited up, brother.
1: Yeah. Be ready. You never know when you need to play two minutes.
0: <laughs> hey, I'd gladly see Tyshawn get a log if you play off oh, minutes, though. If because you know what that means.
1: Yeah. Oh, Yeah.
0: Oh, I hope he gets to play 20 minutes. <laughs> there, there you go. There yeah. you go. Okay. All right. So the East, do we want to hit on the East real quick here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, let's start with the play-in situation because this will be a lot of fun. We have the Boston Celtics, number seven, the Washington Wizards, number eight. That'll be one matchup. And then the 9-10 is Pacers and Hornets. So we get to see ball play, which will be which will be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Made a little run at rookie of the year. Maybe would have maybe would have gotten it had he played the whole season. But yeah. you know, he still
1: might. He might. I don't know.
0: I'm putting my I mean, money on Edwards, but I, I
1: Edwards has been awesome. He has yeah. been very good. But Ball's been good. Yeah, I don't know. It, we'll also get to see some really great former Gonzaga players here. Oh, Rui Hachimura with go the on. Wizards. Goes Ags. Demonis Sabonis with the Pacers goes Ags. He's been awesome. Sabonis has had a great year for sure. So I am looking forward to this to see those guys in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And I think Celtics and Wizards will be fantastic. I mean, the Celtics gonna be are great- without Jalen Brown, but I mean, Russ playing the way he has been lately and then throw in the rest of those guys, they'll be able to score some points. And I don't know, man. I, I think anything can happen in a lot of these series out in the East.
1: Oh, yeah. These these East play games, they're all just toss-ups. I think it's pretty clear in the West. Hopefully we're wrong, but it's a bit more. I hope more, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, the East, it's like totally up for grabs. I think the Wizards are going to beat the Celtics. I think the Pacers are going to beat the Hornets. I think the Celtics will beat the Pacers. So then it'll be Sixers, Celtics as the 1-8 matchup, and Wizards-Nets as the 2-7. Wow,
0: that's that's going to be jam-packed, too. And when's the last time that we've seen an East playoffs like this?
1: Yeah, it's been a long time.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be great. So, And then what, what do we got towards the end there? Bucks and Heat. Bucks and Heat, that's
1: going to be interesting. I mean, the Heat are kind of hitting their stride. You can tell they've been kind of tired this season, and rightly so. You know, we've seen some of the same stuff with the Lakers. Um, But they're kind of hitting their stride at the perfect time. The Bucks, man, I don't know what to make of the Bucks because Giannis is so good. Chris Middleton's good. Drew Holiday is good. And they just haven't been able to put it together. Now, I think they'll beat the Heat. And I don't know that it will even be that difficult for them, but I don't know. I just, I don't think they're going to make the finals or anything like that. And they're going to have to play the winner of the uh, Nets Wizards, which will probably be the Nets. And I mean, the Nets, I think, can pretty
0: easily beat the Bucks. Yep. I agree with that too. And then in the East, the four or five playoff matchup that literally no one ever thought would happen. <laughs>
1: The New York yeah.
0: Knicks and Atlanta Hawks. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the the Knicks are such a cool story this year. I yeah. mean, Julius Randle leading them to the four seed is pretty amazing. And then the Hawks coming back after firing their coach, bringing in Nate McMillan, they turned their season around. I think they went twenty six and eleven with McMillan. Something
1: like that, so, yeah. Yeah, it's a, mean, a great story.
0: Yeah, I I think it'll be a fun series because honestly, I. I'd say that one's just that one's pretty up for grabs too. I think either I, team could yeah. win that.
1: I have no idea who to pick. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to go with the Knicks actually, just because since I'm moving, I was doing some packing today, and I packed my Alfred Payton Suns jersey.
0: Oh boy! So
1: in honor of Alfred Payton's time in the Valley of the Sun, I'm going to take the Knicks in this
0: one. So your uh, new house, you're going to have a Alfred. Peyton shrine room, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, still looking for a lock of that hair. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. (laughs) It really really is a shame that you cut it though. Every time I see it, I'm like
0: it just doesn't (laughs) matter. That's not Alfred. That's not the Alfred I know.
1: Yeah, that's just Fred Payton. (laughs)
0: oh that's so good
1: i hope other people think this is funny uh
0: we have a subreddit uh r slash alfred payton's hair hair. yeah i think we need to find new management for it we need to get someone out of new york to take that over but
1: i think i posted one time after he left phoenix
0: yeah we had a little bit of hype on that, for, for yeah, for like for one day. A day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times! But I mean, the Knicks—what a—that's a cool story this year. And everybody says the NBA is better when the Knicks are in the playoffs, and uh, it's true. whatever. It's true, though. Yeah. Okay. All right, where do we go from here, Mitch? Oh, that's the question. Well.
1: Let's talk about our bet question here. I think we need to kind of dig into this. Yeah, yeah. So last week we posed, what should we do? In in years past, our bet question has had whoever loses for the month buys the other one dinner. Our wives really benefited from that. Um, it, we do it kind of like the pick-em-payoff that No Dunks does, but just weekly rather than daily. We haven't been putting any stakes. COVID kind of changed a lot for how we do that. But now we're in the position where we can do something. So I posed, what should we do? And friend of the show, at Comic Evangelist on Twitter, follow him for sure. Let us know. Uh, he gave us a good idea. He said we should do some sort of barbecue, which is very doable. Uh, and the loser of everything after the playoffs should have to just chug some crappy beer and i think that's great so i think that's what we're gonna do
0: yeah
1: and that's it so our bet question our first bet question which is kind of hard to pin down because we don't know who we're gonna be playing and we don't know when at the time of recording but we're gonna go with this How many points is Devin Booker going to score in his first ever playoff game,
0: no matter who we're playing? All right. I'm going to go 37. I'm feeling a big night. I, I mean, if you're not expecting Devin Booker to turn into a different kind of animal during the playoffs, I think you're wrong. Because, I mean, we see the mentality that he has. And now it's finally time. I think uh, I think he's gonna just be taking over games for us. And if if he scores thirty plus in nearly every one of our playoff games this year, I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with that thirty-seven.
1: Yeah, thirty-seven. Oh, that's tough. That puts me in a tough position because I was thinking, I do think he's gonna go for more than thirty. I think he really thrives in these pressure situations. He loves national TV games. He loves the the limelight and the big stage. And, Oh, uh, okay. I, I'm going to say, I agree with what you're saying. I'm going to say 32. Um, I do think he will probably have a 40 point game at some point in the playoffs. Uh, but I think the first game he's going to go for 32. So let us know on Twitter what you think at Sunday and PHX pod, and we'll continue to do the shout outs uh, as we normally have throughout the whole season. But with that we need to move into our non-sports section, which ties directly into what we're going to do with the bad question. This is going to kind of determine how we're going to go about chugging this crappy
0: beer. So the question is, what is your least favorite beer? All right. And I, I want to make a note. It's If I lose, it's not going to be chug one beer. I'm I'm going to do it in excess. Yeah, yeah. I I will have a bad night due to bad beer. <laughs> That's what I, I'll lay I, on I the will, table. I will virtually shake on that. I will do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I like this. This is going to be good. Okay. All right. I'll give you my... When it's the the worst three, there's three, and I don't know if one's any worse than the other. I despise Keystone. Mm-hmm. Any Keystone product, I I just hate. We called them Dirty Thirties, the Dirty Thirty of the Keys back in college, and the, the so bad. <laughs> okay, Keystone, definitely the in that top three, bottom three. Then we move to Natural ice, natty <laughs> ice. Natural ice, yeah, that's that's way down there as well. I don't have any great stories about it. I just don't like it. And then the other one, I don't, I I hate Miller Light. I don't like any Miller beer products, and I'm sure that'll upset some people. But Miller Light is not my my favorite beer. And out of all of those. I'd probably have the hardest time drinking in excess. Okay. Just gonna throw that out there.
1: I don't think I don't think I've had any of those.
0: Oh, you yeah. you didn't hit it hard enough in college then. That's, I, I, that's I have all had all some I
1: crappy beer. I've had I have had PBR.
0: PBR's had, not
1: that bad. I, I think it's bad.
0: I don't know <laughs> if that's the hipster in me coming out, but PBR is not I bad.
1: I don't think it's good. So I mean, my, my least favorite is Bud Light because, like, growing up, that's what my family drank. Like, it, that's just what was around. And I always thought it was gross. I remember I was five years old. And I was fishing with my dad. And we had set up this little folding table, like, for kids. We had just got there. And I wanted to eat my Pop-Tart before we started fishing. And mm-hmm. my dad had a beer. And it spilled on my Pop-Tart. And I was, like, pretty sad. But I said, I'm, I'm going to just, like, take a taste of this. And it was, like, the worst thing I had ever tasted. <laughs> I clearly remember that. It was awful. So then, fast forward to as an adult, I have never liked Bud Light. I think it's gross. I, I don't think it tastes even like beer, hardly. Um, I will fully... Admit that I am a snob. I am totally a beer snob. I like IPAs. I like craft beer. I like good beer. Uh, and I Bud Light. Yes, they can mass produce their stuff, and it all tastes the same, and that's pretty impressive. And a lot of people like it, but I don't. Bud Light is probably my least favorite, and I don't like PBR either.
0: That's fair enough. I mean, so, I've I've had my fair share of Bud Light back in the day too, and. That's just a small step above the ones I've listed, so. Right, right. I mean. So, uh, maybe what we do then is we
1: figure out who, you know, when we decide who has lost, then we we
0: choose from there. Maybe, uh, how about the winner buys the loser's case, the loser buys a nice case for the winner.
1: Oh, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So then that, we got to answer this question then too.
0: What is your favorite beer? Fat Tire, hands down. It's been my favorite beer for years now. I don't drink a ton of beers, but uh, if if I see that when I'm taking a little gander in the the chilled section, I I might be grabbing that one. Amber Ale. Mm -hmm. Anything from New Belgium Brewing is pretty solid too, but Fat Tire is my go-to. I think that's that's been the favorite for some years now. I like
1: Fat Tire. Fat Tire's good. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is where the snob is going to come out. My favorite, probably my favorite beer ever. Well, one of them. I, I'd say right now. AZ Wilderness, so local brewery, has yep. a, an IPA called La Ciudad. That's my favorite. It's so good. Um my wife got me a crowler of that for Christmas and it was gone very quickly. I was nice. pumped. With that. So yeah, very good. Um, I really love sours. I don't know that I can point to like one specific sour off the top of my head, but I like the really intense, really sour, like almost bitter sours. Like the ones that I went to ballast point brewery in San Diego and the guy working there described one sour as like, it'll rip your face off. And that's what I like. I want my face ripped off. I love those really intense sour beers. Um, Then if we're going like generic stuff, the hipster goes away. Uh, Modelo is like oh, my, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's, it's like a sentimental thing too. So yeah, I got to throw that in there give it some love. But yeah, I'd say right now, less you dad from, a Z Wilderness is the best, and then I also really like um. There's another IPA by Deschutes called Fresh Squeezed. That one's really good.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I never really got into the IPA game. Mm-hmm. I, I've had a few. Didn't really mind them, but do you drink more than one? I'm not trying to like call you out, but no, it's more of May- a one, one or maybe two, and that's maybe about two. it, right? Yeah. That's it's how not, that's how I kind of see yeah, it. Yeah, they're not
1: built for like drinking a ton of. I
0: right. look at
1: drinking IPAs kind of like drinking wine where you're like really trying to look at what flavors sure. are in it. Like it's the point of it is drinking it cuz it tastes good. Like getting the complex flavors. Right. And Now, it has taken me a long time to get to this point. I remember the first time I drank IPAs. I thought they were terrible. And I could only drink Blue Moon for, like, the first (laughs) couple years that I drank beer. But as I got older and my palate evolved and I knew what to look for and that kind of thing, uh, I moved more into that. And I still don't like super-duper intense IPAs like the... The IBUs, the high IBU tells you like how hoppy it will be. And yeah. I don't go for the super high ones. That's what my wife does. She loves the really hoppy, really mm. bitter ones. Some of the stuff she likes I think is okay, but some of it is just too much for me. Um, but these Fresh Squeezed and La Ciudad are like, you can drink them. They're very drinkable. They're refreshing. I love them in the summer.
0: Yeah. I hear you. But we can agree on, if you're going to be drinking more than three, it's it's deli time.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It, okay, one more. I got to shout-out one more. Uh, Ballast Point Grapefruit Sculptum. I could drink quite a few of those. Ah. Uh, I like those a lot.
0: See, I, I remember it, there was a point where I got into the, like the lemon shandy a yeah. little bit. Those can be fun. And... But the those are just like Coors Light with a little bit of fake lemon juice in it to yes, me at at this point. Are. Well, that's I, all. That. Yeah, I need to find a I need to find a nice like I like the fruit flavor aspect of some. I need to find a good one with it though.
1: Yeah, that's why I like sours and saisons. Those can have some good fruit mm. to them. IPAs can have grapefruit or sometimes there, there's a variety of fruit that can come with that or um there's nothing wrong with cider i don't think there's anything wrong with cider i've had some pretty good ciders um my wife really likes this pineapple cider um i have no problem with that stuff it's i mean it's kind of like drinking juice but it's super refreshing (laughs) and when it gets hot out cider can be
0: pretty good for sure yep but playoffs coming up I think a case of delis will probably be a necessity in the fridge. I think that'll have to be on hand.
1: Yep. And that will not be hard. I'm looking at one right now.
0: There we go. (laughs) There we go. All right. Is this it? Are we done? This is it. this ends the show. We thank you guys for tuning in. Obviously we're very excited for the sunny and Phoenix podcast to make its playoff debut. We're, we're pretty hyped about it. We're excited to, uh, pump out some more episodes throughout the playoffs. And we're hoping to put one out after every two games. We're going to, we're going to set that and just see how it works out with the timing and days and all that. But that will be the goal throughout the playoffs. And hopefully that keeps up for a a month and a couple months, a few weeks, you know, mm-hmm. I, I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. All right. But anyways, thank you for tuning in. Check us on Twitter at sunny and PHX pod. And we'll see you again next week, early next week. Go sons.